We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on everybody welcome back to the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl and my guest today is the one and only alex strofe alex it is so great to have you back i'm excited to talk packers with you we have a lot to get into in this post-draft green bay packers 2022 era i can't wait to talk about it no i'm right there with you man good to see you i feel like uh, nothing's really happened since the last time we recorded together right uh that's that's almost two months ago so yeah not a lot has changed no um yeah, but uh, yes, I mean, I'm excited to get into this because I think we've got a fun conversation to have today among, uh, among, of course, I'm going to, we talked about it a bit before we started recording. I'm going to lean on some of uh, what you saw at Friday's uh, rookie practice, right? Like some of the early takeaways. So I'm excited to hear uh, what you thought out there as well. Yeah, so we'll get into that a little bit. What our main topic today is going to be is the five biggest needs for Green Bay as we look at this roster right now. And of course, a couple of disclaimers here. Nobody's roster is perfect, right? Like there's always going to be holes, even on every Super Bowl winning team. There's going to be specific holes that you love to get better at. So we're not necessarily looking for perfection here. And also Brian Gutekunst is always telling us and it's very, very true that roster building is a 365 day a year process. It's very much worth mentioning that at this point last year, Randall Cobb, Devondre Campbell, Razul Douglas, Dennis Kelly, Corey Bajorquez, who was the full-time punter all year long. None of those players were even on the roster to a lesser extent. Isaac Yadam, who was on the team the entire year as a special teams player, like there were a lot of pieces that weren't even thought about at this point last year for the Packers that ended up playing a big part in the season for better or for worse. Uh, but it just goes without saying that there are probably going to be a couple pieces that are still added to this team. And I think that's what really makes this discussion so fun is because there probably are a couple pieces that are still going to get added. And that's why we kind of have this discussion of, all right, if there are pieces to be added, where would we like to see them? Where are some of the biggest holes or where are some pieces of depth that maybe aren't quite addressed yet? So we're going to go sort of one through five. Alex, I'll let you take it away and kick things off. What is the number one need right now on the Green Bay Packers in your mind? I still view it as wide receiver, Andy. I still do, right? Like, I, I love the addition of Christian Watson. I think the kid has the potential to be a superstar in two or three years, right? Like, that's what we have to realize is there's still not that immediate impact guy. And I know that Aaron Rodgers cures all ails, right? Like, 
this offense will score points. I'm not worried about that. But is there really that reliable number one guy on the roster right now? I don't think so, right? Like, I really like Alan Lazar. I think he's a really good number two receiver at best, right? I like Sammy Watkins. But does he even make the roster, right? Like, the way they, they set up that contract, Andy, it, it, it indicates he might not make it, right? And, again, Christian Watson's great, but you can't have these, these crazy high expectations for a first-year rookie that played against defenses like Valparaiso, may I mention, right? Like, I'm not knocking NDSU. We love the Bison, but a shout-out to Ross, right? But <laughs> exactly. I, I, uh, I, I, I don't know, Andy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm still a little nervous, and I'm hoping they can get some outside help, especially – and I, I'm interested to get your take on seeing A.J. Brown and Hollywood Brown. Obviously, you might not be able to pay the contracts or the contract that, that A.J. Brown got, but just to see the Packers not involved in that at all was surprising to me during draft day. Yeah, there's there's so much to go over here, and and to uh, to be fully transparent, Alex and I did not talk about our list one through five ahead of time. So uh, there probably will be some agreements, there will probably be some disagreements, but uh, we didn't review them ahead of time. But number one on my list is also number one receiving weapon, number one playmaker, right? And maybe that's a wide receiver, maybe that's a tight end, and I do think it should be pointed out here that. I don't think that this is ultimately realistic at this point that this is going to get addressed necessarily this season. I think maybe there's an outside chance that maybe OBJ stays on the sidelines and doesn't sign a contract up until the point that he's fully healthy and actually ready to play, which means maybe some point middle to end of season. Right. And if that ends up being the case, maybe he just goes to the team that gives him the best opportunity to win. And if green Bay is in that situation and the only thing they're missing is a number one wide receiver, maybe the Packers and OBJ can work something out. We have seen OBJ traded last off season. We saw or last uh, trade deadline, or excuse me, he got caught right around the trade deadline and the Rams were able to, it was massive. Exactly. Same exact thing. Right. So we've seen Emmanuel Sanders get traded at the trade deadline. We've seen a variety of wide receivers that have gotten moved recently around that time. So I do think it is within the realm of possibility that at some point Green Bay does attack that position. I just don't necessarily think that it's right now. Um, Going back to your question or your point about, you know, Hollywood Brown, it sounds like maybe there were some conversations that the Packers had with the Ravens about Hollywood Brown. I think he would have been a nice piece, but I don't think he necessarily solves all, you know, ailments at the position. I think certainly an AJ Brown that, you know, uh, a playmaking wide receiver that fits perfectly within Green Bay's offense that can play on the outside. That's a run after catch threat. To me, that would have been one that would have been a lot more interesting. Again, I think from a contract standpoint, having at that point already paid Devondre Campbell, Razul Douglas, Sammy Watkins, you know, Jerron Reed, etc. I think it just becomes a really tougher ask to be able to pay a big time wide receiver, you know, as well as give out a first and third round pick. Plus it would have been more because of course, you know, the, the Titans in that situation were able to get a better first round pick, um, you know, ahead of where green Bay was selecting. So I think there's a lot that goes into that, but I still, I still question as to whether or not if green Bay's in a situation where they're in a tight game or they're like down 10 going into the fourth quarter, right. Can this team throw itself back into a game? Because I fully yeah. trust Matt LaFleur's offense and I trust Aaron Rodgers to be able to execute that offense, even in non-perfect conditions. But at some point, probably on your mission to win a Super Bowl, at some point in the playoffs, you're going to probably be down and face adversity at some point. And we've seen that against the 49ers, what, three years ago, against the Buccaneers two years ago, Uh, not necessarily against the 49ers last year, but you would have liked to have seen them throw the ball better, right? I think in that game. 
And we haven't exactly been able to see them overcome that adversity, even with having a Devontae Adams and some better weapons on the roster. So that would be my biggest question at this point. And again, I don't think it's super realistic that this is going to get addressed still this offseason. But I do question, do they have the playmakers needed if they need to throw themselves back in a game? Yeah, no, you're spot on, right? I think you nailed it. And to your earlier point, right, the trust in LaFleur, the trust in Rodgers, the, you know, the, the offensive scheme, and obviously one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. You trust those guys because they've earned it up to this point. But it's, it's so odd to me that Aaron Rodgers has never really not had a number one guy, like clear-cut number one guy. And I, I, it's a fascinating storyline. And again, I do trust them to score points. I think the Packers are still going to win double-digit games and win the NFC North and be – in the picture, but right. uh, to your point, you know, when you get in those games where you're playing one of the better defenses in the league and, you know, they might be up by a touchdown or 10 points. How do you respond? Right. Who is your go-to guy? We've known who it's been the last 10 years, 12 years, right? Like, you know, who that number one option is. It's just odd not having one, Andy. It's, it's uncomfortable. And it just makes me more upset that they traded Devonte Adams and that they let that situation get to where it got because, uh, Wow, this is uncomfortable. It's something we haven't dealt with in so long. Yeah, I will. The, the other thing I'll say though is I think sometimes uncomfortability can be a good thing. And, and what I mean by that is we we've had three seasons where Green Bay's been a phenomenal football team, or at least a really darn good football team yeah. with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, the top quarterback in football, arguably, and the top wide receiver in football, arguably. And they haven't been able to overcome. And I get that's not all on the offense, but um, in the three games that they lost, right? 49ers, Buccaneers, 49ers, not to refresh those games in everyone's minds, but they haven't been able to overcome and, and be the dynamic duo on offense. That's just like, you know what? We're going to be able to put up 30 plus points on offense just because we have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So I think a level, level of uncomfortability isn't the worst thing in the world. And I do think there is a couple of things. I think A, there's enough unknown at the weapons on offense on the weapons on offense to still question of like, all right, maybe they don't have something, but like, you know what? They drafted three wide receivers. Amari Rogers is still an unknown. The Sammy Watkins is still like an interesting, like, you know what in peak conditions, maybe could he do something more than he has in the last few years? I don't think that's the case, but like there's at least a bit of an unknown there. What if Alan Lazard does become more of a number one option? Is he able to produce at a higher level? Like I do think there's enough like unknowns there where you're like, Hey, you know what? We've seen crazier things than all of a sudden Christian Watson, you know, break out and like Justin Jefferson two years ago. I'm not saying Christian Watson is Justin Jefferson. Right. But like, it's not like we've gone, you know, that long without seeing wide receivers come in in their first year and being able to produce at a high level. So again, I'm not putting those expectations on Watson or Dobbs or, you know, or Toure or anyone, but I do think there's enough you know, question marks there to be like, Hey, we don't know yet if this team doesn't have a number one wide receiver, maybe they do. And we just don't know it yet, but there's still enough question marks there overall to ask the question. (laughs) I think the other thing too, is, you know, I do think that there is something to the point of being able to be unpredictable on offense. And I think at times with Devonte Adams at wide receiver, this offense came very predictable. And listen, if I were quarterback and I had Devonte Adams at wide receiver, I would spam the hell out of Devonte Adams at wide receiver as well. I would look his way first every time. I would throw it if even if it was triple covered at times. Like I wouldn't care because it's Devonte freaking Adams and you look his way. 
But I do think there is something to the fact of if you line up with Sammy Watkins and Alan Lazard and, you know, maybe it's Big Bob Tunyon or maybe Josiah DeGuara, maybe it's a Randall Cobb in the slot, Aaron Jones in the backfield, you know, a, a solid offensive line. If they can get Jenkins and Bakhtiari back healthy, Rodgers at quarterback, where you just don't know what Matt LaFleur is going to call. You don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do at the line of scrimmage. And you don't know where he's going with the ball. He's not going to hone in on somebody. I think that can make things a bit more unpredictable. And I don't necessarily know that that's a terrible recipe for success for this Packers team. If Rodgers buys into it and really spreads the ball around, like, he, like we know he's capable of doing. Yeah. A few things on that. And then we can move on to number two, but I, I think that's a really fascinating point, right? There's been this new concept that I think a lot of us are buying into as Packers fans. And I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are on it. Uh, Aaron Jones being the team's leading receiver. Do you think there is a real possibility that happens? No, I don't. Um, I think he's, you know, I think he's their number one weapon. I think he probably leads the Packers in all purpose yardage if he stays healthy for the season. Um, And I do think, but like, I think we lose track of the fact that like Aaron Jones has done a really nice job of developing as a wide receiver, like as a receiving option, Mm -hmm. but like, you're not, if you put Aaron Jones out wide and if you can get him lined up with a linebacker, he can win that more often than not teams started treating him like by putting like a nickel corner on him and just completely shut him down. Like this is not Christian McCaffrey where you can motion him out and get him on a nickel corner and McCaffrey can still win in that situation. Right. He is a fun weapon that Matt LaFleur will use in a variety of different ways, but the primarily, you know, primary job for Aaron Jones in the passing game is going to be checkdowns. It's going to be screen passes. It's going to be those sort of things, maybe little swing passes to the outside that are actual like passes, but really their runs. If we're being real about it, I think all of those things are legit things that he will get used on. Uh, but I still don't think that he's like a legit receiving threat in the way that like, you can, again, just motion him out and he basically then becomes a wide receiver. So I think he's going to be very involved and dynamic in this offense, but um, I don't expect him to have much of a change overall. I think this is going to be a heavy running team and a heavy defensive team. I think we're going to see a lot of Jones and Dylan, uh, but I do think that Jones has a very similar role to what he's had over the last few seasons. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
it's interesting, right? Because we know it's going to be innovative. No matter what the yep. answer is, it's going to be something unique in only Matt LaFlorian, right? So that's uh, that's going to be fun. Well, I think we kind of stick with this conversation for my number two, Andy, because okay. we're not going real far. Tight end is still a big concern for me as well, right? Like Bobby Biceps is my man. I love that guy. But how's he going to bounce back from this ACL tail? And what do they have really besides him, right? That was, I think, my biggest... I don't want to say disappointment, but that that kind of feels like the right word. Actually, my biggest disappointment from the draft was that they really didn't take a flyer on a tight end. They did late. They they signed a free agent, but they didn't they didn't spend any you know uh, first two day picks on a tight end, which I thought they might do, and it's okay that they didn't. But what do we know about Deguara? Not a ton through two years, right? Like we know he can be versatile. We know we know they can use him in a variety of ways, but to what extent, right? How involved can he actually be? So I'm, I'm interested to see what his role looks like in a crucial year three for him. Um, again, I hope Tunyon's comes back at his hundred percent, but there's no guarantee there. And then uh, Tyler Davis, who we saw a little bit of, is he, he's still with the team, correct, Andy? Oh, yeah. Um, so he might have a bigger role, but is he really your answer at tight end? I don't know. But again, I think to our earlier point with the wide receivers, it's an Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur offense. They're going to find ways to make things work and they're going to make players look better in that, in that system and with that quarterback playing. But I'm, I don't think there's a true number one answer there either. Yeah. So this is interesting because uh, again, my number one on my list was number one receiving weapon, which again, I think could have been handled in a variety of different ways. Maybe yep. that's a wide receiver. Maybe that's a Darren Waller at tight end, right? Something like that, where if they would have been able to achieve something like that, to me, they get, they answer that question of number one receiving weapon and playmaker. So I didn't specifically have tight end on this list, um, but I do think again, they could still use that playmaker overall tight end to me is very interesting. And, and Mike wall brought up when I talked to him prior to the draft about, he thought tight end was one of the biggest needs on this team. Um, I didn't think Green Bay was going to see it that way. And I especially didn't think so knowing the tight ends in this draft, not having like a clear cut, like one, a first round tight end. Um, and then I think, you know, that it had some depth, but one of the things you have to remember is, you know, tight ends in the draft, like tight ends, one of the hardest positions to transition from college because you're involved in everything, right? You're involved in the run blocking, you're involved in the pass protection, you're involved in the receiving game. Like you have to learn so many nuances of the offense that it's so difficult to transition from college to NFL and just make that clean transition, right? So like even guys that are drafted at the top of the first round, it takes time. And a lot of times you get to the end of that first contract, like we just saw with like an OJ Howard and you're like, we don't even know what we have yet. And he goes to the bills for a cheap contract, right? So like, I think it's a really difficult position to develop. And in the meantime, I think they have guys on the roster, specifically Josiah DeGuara and Tyler Davis that you mentioned that I think they like a lot more than maybe the general consensus is. And I also knew that once they re-signed Bobby Tunyon and re, you know brought back Mercedes Lewis or at least didn't release him, which they could have got some cap savings from if they wanted to, to me, four of those spots were already spoken for. To me, Lewis, Tunyon, DeGuara, and Davis aren't going anywhere. And then if all of a sudden you draft someone, especially if it's high, like now you're almost committed to keeping five tight ends. And which means that like now, even a guy like Dominique Daphne, like for sure has no spot on the roster, which you're not making roster decisions or draft decisions based on Dominique Daphne. Right. But like (laughs) overall, at the end of the day, I feel like the Packers believe that they have way more depth. And I look at the two guys, Josiah DeGuar and Tyler Davis. Right. We just talked about tight ends take a longer period of time to develop. Well, now Josiah DeGuara is in year three, which is where you would like to see him take that jump. And remember, ACL injury, he comes back last year, and it wasn't really until 
well towards the end of the season. I would say the Vikings game in Minnesota around middle to end of November, where you all of a sudden started to see Deguara gain a little bit more confidence and play more like himself. This is the year for Deguara where you're really hoping he makes that leap. No ACL injury. You know, again, you're, you're starting to develop those skills as a tight end. I think Green Bay thinks, you know, that, that they probably have something there. And then Tyler Davis, from the moment that he popped on tape, I immediately like sparked, it just sparked something with me because there's, there's a play really early on in his career where like he's lined up on the left side. It's like a run play to the, it's like a stretch play to the right. He's at like left tight end. He's sprinting across the field and like takes out a guy like way down the field. He's not even like ending up involved. Like the the guy, the the running backs like tackled for like a three yard gain. So it doesn't even matter, but like he's sprinting across the field to go try to take out like a corner on the exact opposite side of the field, just in case that run would pop. Like that is a Matt LaFleur esque player. And by the way, I think he actually has some really good athleticism and receiving ability as well. I think they found something there and I'm really intrigued what he can bring. Now, when I say that, I think that could mean like, I don't know, 25 catches, 250 yards and three touchdowns, right? Maybe it's a lot more than that. Maybe it's a little less. I don't, I'm not saying he's going to break out and be the next great tight end, but I think overall the depth on this tight end positions positions a little bit better than people would maybe have you believe. Well, it makes me, it makes me more confident to hear how confident you are in the depth of that position, right? Like, the opportunity for Tyler Davis is definitely there, right? I mean, Robert Tunyon coming off an ACL, as we mentioned, we don't know what he's going to look like. So it's, it's, it's just fascinating to see what his role could expand to and maybe won't, but, but, but to see what it could expand to is super intriguing. So um, we will see, but I like that you're a a bit more confident there than I am. I I just, you know, like Mercedes Lewis is a name I, I didn't mention, but you did. It's like, what do we expect out of him? He's he's got to be one of the oldest players in the league, right? Like, it's it's I, I don't know, man. Like, I I love him. He's he's a dog, right? Like, w- you gotta love Mercedes Lewis, but does he just have it anymore? He's not a number one guy anymore. He's a really good blocking tight end. We appreciate that. That's but- his job, right? Like, that's all he needs to do. Like, he's not in there to catch passes, right? Like, so right. he's still to me the best blocking tight end in football. Um, even at this stage of his career. And if you can be that, like you have a role and remember like when he went out injured a couple of years uh, ago, um, they didn't replace him with the tight end. They replaced him with Rick Wagner. Like that's how that's much right. they viewed Mercedes Lewis's role. Like, you know, if teams can view him as a tight end a little bit still, and not just as a sixth offensive lineman and know that he has at least some receiving threat um, that to, that is a win. Um, so if teams play them, like they're actually in, you know, two tight end formation or like that he's used as a tight end, that's a win because he's an offensive lineman. Basically he's a sixth offensive lineman and that's how the Packers are using them. And to me, he's still the best in the league. And he adds a lot of value as a locker room guy and leader on the team. The team rallies around him. I, I still think he gives them exactly what they need at that blocking position. Perfect. I, I, I think it's uh, I think it's something that we'll find out more, obviously, as camp gets rolling in summer. But um, I, I just the pass catching factor of it, obviously, is yep. way more where I'm leaning here, putting it number two. Uh, but I'm glad you think Mercedes still has some gas left in the tank because, damn it, I love that guy. So he's, he's welcome as long as he'll stay. Uh, again, I think I think yeah, overall, like we're on the same page, right? Like we would like to see Green Bay have a few more weapons on offense and maybe Tunyon bounces back to what he was a couple of years ago. Maybe DeGuara takes a step, maybe, you know, you know who knows? Again, maybe uh, these receivers step up. Who knows? Maybe Tyler Davis is something, but I think we would agree that we would like to see, you know, Green Bay have a few more playmaking options in their arsenal at specifically wide receiver and tight end. And they're going to have to be more of a, it's going to be more of a platoon committee approach, but let's jump to my number two. Yeah. Um, I have just depth in the secondary in general. So 
I, I fought the, the hard fight on Twitter a, a few days ago. I don't even know how long ago it was now, but like I mentioned this, I said, you know, Green Bay's top five, like you feel really good about, right? Savage, Amos, Douglas, Jair Alexander, um, and Eric Stokes. Like you feel really good about that group. And, but my, my concern is that the next guy up is who, right? You've got Kayshawn Nixon, Vernon Scott, Sean Davis, Shamar Jean Charles, Tariq Carpenter, Innis Gaines, KB Anento. You have three guys who've actually played NFL snaps on defense. Nixon, who's played a total of 274 snaps. <laughs> Vernon Scott, who's played 90. And Shamar Jean Charles, who played 36. Ugh. That's it. Like you're at around like 400 snaps total for the rest of the Packers defensive backs. And a lot of people came at me very strong and said, Andy, if you're worried about the Packers sixth defensive back, like you're in a really good position. Most teams don't have three or four good defensive backs, which from a top of the roster standpoint, I totally get. I'm not expecting Green Bay sixth defensive back to be another Adrian Amos or Jair Alexander or whatever level player, right? But having somebody who has some experience and can provide some depth in that secondary, especially at safety where you really have nobody like Vernon Scott, Sean Davis, like you just, you, you can't feel like super confident going into the season if that's your only depth. And then again, at corner, it's basically just Kayshawn Nixon, um, you know, who's played any real snaps. Shamar Jean Charles was a what fifth round pick a season ago. Yep. So like, again, you have a lot of question marks there and it all sounds good until literally just one guy goes down and you like you have five, five of those guys are starters. This is not base defense NFL anymore. You have five starters on defense. And my point being was like, if I told you that green Bay had five awesome offensive linemen, but then they didn't have anyone with any experience backing them up and you had no idea what you had, you would be telling me, you'd be freaking out saying, <laughs> Andy, the, the Packers don't have anyone as a backup on defense. It's no different in the secondary. You have five starters in the secondary and Green Bay has no experience basically with anyone backing them up. And that to me is a concern that I have right now. I would love to see them add somebody, you know, whether that be maybe a Kyle Fuller on a cheap deal who they had severe interest in just a few years ago when they yeah. signed him to a restricted free agent deal, whether that be a Jaquiski Tart um, who has played great at safety at times for the 49ers. Great names. Great or maybe name. even, and I can't believe I'm saying this, even if, even if it's Kevin King, like who has at least experience in the NFL at like a vet minimum deal, I'm gritting my teeth. I don't love it, but I like it more than maybe the guys that are currently on the roster, right? At least as a fourth corner. So I just want to see a bit more depth and competition as they head into camp at that position. One more year, right? No, I, I'm right there with you. My number three was safety depth. Um, so it's, it's a real concern, and I, you nailed the point, right? Like if one of those guys goes down, now what? And I think that's a, a lot of times how we felt that inside linebacker over the course of the last few years, right? Like you've got your guys, but who's going to come in and back them up? And I think now with the, with the pick of Walker in the first round, you finally feel like, oh, okay, we've got like some comfortable depth there. We, we got a total stud at 22, and he'll likely provide I feel like I did with inside linebacker with safety and, and cornerback too, right? Defensive back depth as a whole is really scarce. And it's, it's, uh, it's an injury away from being disastrous, really, right? But like I, I, I hadn't even thought of the Kevin King thing. I think that's really interesting. And uh, I think it's more likely he signs than the Packers sign another wide receiver, right? Like uh, that's or, probably or fair. makes the roster, I should say. Um, so yeah, I, 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 that's, that's a fascinating concept that I hadn't thought of. But 
uh, overall, uh, yeah, the, the, the depth is scary. And uh, you, you really, obviously, you, you never want injuries. You can never predict injuries, right? What's the old saying uh, from, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but he was the offensive coordinator for the Colts when Peyton Manning was there. Said uh, Tom Moore. Tom Moore, bingo, thank you. And uh, he said, you know, we don't practice 18 after. going down. We're at, yeah. we, we don't practice being aft, right? Like, so that's, that's what you feel with the top heavy guys. The guys at the top of your depth chart here are awesome, right? You ran through the names. We've got some great solid starters. Finally, we're really comfortable yep. back there with the starters. But after that is now the concern. So it moves a little bit further down the list than it probably would have been in past years. But um, it's still, it's still a concern for me as well. So where's number three for you? That is safety depth. So that okay. was that, that was number three. So we covered that. So number three for you, we go to. I have depth on the edge. All right. So okay. again, we're, we're in a very similar situation with the, the state of the defensive backs, right? Like the first two, I feel great about Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary. You feel really, really good. And then you get a fifth round pick in Kingsley and Igbare. And then what? You got Randy Ramsey coming back from injury, Jonathan Garvin, Tipa Naliai, maybe Ladarius Hamilton. Yeah. There's just not a lot there, right? And one of the things that happened that I think went under noticed a season ago is a lot of times, and, and this is remembered, like this was when Whitney Merciless was hurt, Zedaria Smith was hurt. So you had Preston and Gary, and for whatever reason, they didn't like stagger it. So like they didn't go like Preston will be in, and now we'll bring in Garvin on the other side. And now like you're going to sub those two out. And now like Tipa and Gary are in or something like that. Like they took Preston and Gary out a lot at the same time. And now all of a sudden you're going from Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary to Jonathan Garvin and Tipa Naliai. No disrespect to those two players, but that is a big <laughs> fall off from Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. And then for a hot second, you felt really good about having Whitney Merciless as that backup. And then he goes down with injury. Zedarius never quite makes it back fully. And you just never had that depth at that position. And I don't really feel all that much different. Now, Kingsley and Igbare may be able to be that guy who can really spell both and be a, be a dude. Like, that'd be great. But you're putting a lot of hope on a fifth-round pick that he can be the guy. Randy Ramsey, I know that the Packers coaches have already mentioned. He's one of the core special teams player. I think he's going to help there if he makes the team. But I don't think there's any guarantee that he comes back from injury and is like, you feel really comfortable as a like number three edge guy. We saw a whole year of Garvin and Tipa. Now both of those guys could take a jump, but then you're, again, you're sort of hoping. I would love to see a guy like Jerry Hughes, who is at like a veteran who has played a long time in this league, just a very Whitney Merciless-esque signing, right? You're not asking him to be the guy anymore. You know, Jerry Hughes is the guy at edge is going to be a problem, but if he's playing 20 snaps a game, and he's also a little bit of a different flavor than you have in Gary and Preston, who are going to be more of those physical guys. Like now all of a sudden you've got a speed guy in Jerry Hughes who will throw a spin move at you and, you know, use a speed rush. It's just like a different flavor, right? Like I would really love that opportunity to see them just add a little bit more depth like they did with Merciless a season ago. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I, I think you can almost guarantee we're going to see those low-risk, high-reward moves by Brian Gutekunst again, right? Rasul yep. Douglas, obviously, probably headlining, but Devondre Campbell, too, going all pro uh, on one of those moves. So you're going to see those. And I I, I would I, I feel pretty comfortable this will be the position they address through that. And I love the Jerry Hughes shout-out. That, that's a name I forgot about, to be real honest with you. So um, that would be fun. And I, I think they'll address this in, in some way, shape, or form because this tends to be where – Gutekunst has taken shots, right? Defensive line and, and, and linebackers, it seems that's just where he takes his shots midseason. You know, we'll get till July and then they'll sign somebody off a practice squad. And oh, wait a minute, he made the roster. Okay. Yeah. And you kind of anticipate a jump from some of those guys you mentioned, right? Like Nalia, it could happen. But, but again, hope is not a strategy, as you pointed out, Andy. So uh, that's good. Um, so let's roll right into right or number four for me, which is right tackle question mark. Uh, you got really creative with your uh, titles, so I, I just added a question mark to I love just it. spice it up a little bit more. What are we doing there? Is it Elton Jenkins? Do we, do we go somewhere else? I'd like to see more depth on the right side of the line. I mean, what what do you do at right tackle, Andy? I, I don't think we've completely flushed out what's going to happen there. Um, you know, it, it, Zach Tom was was the pick, right? And I think that's kind of where he where he played in college. So I don't know. I don't know what you do there. What, what where do you think the Packers go? at least from a starting position for right tackle, just because I think we could see some different groups and some different looks because they like to get creative up there if they don't necessarily have an answer. But obviously with no Billy Turner now, I'm curious where they go. Yeah, number four on mine was offensive line competition and specifically here at right tackle. So we're in lockstep on this one. Listen, for the last basically three seasons straight, uh, Brian Gudikins has done something to address this, right? Jared Valdir, Rick Wagner, Dennis Kelly. Three straight seasons yep. where they've brought in a veteran at the position, to add some competition, to add a player who could be a swing tackle and be somebody like if somebody gets hurt, you're in, you're in okay shape, right? To me, this is another opportunity for Brian Gudikins to do that really for a fourth straight season, because I don't love the idea of having like a, a Sean Ryan and a Yash Nijman com- compete as that right tackle to start the season. And especially if that means in like Royce Newman, I guess is probably your right guard. Like to me, starting the season with Newman at right guard and either Yash or a rookie, you know, Sean Ryan, who's probably projecting more as a guard at tackle. To me, that has the opportunity to be very scary. And now all of a sudden, like you've got Bakhtiari coming off an ACL at the left tackle spot. And all of a sudden, if he has any sort of setback, like, are you going into the, the first you know month of the season all of a sudden with like, again, if, if David, if Bakhtiari has any sort of setback with like, what Yash at left tackle, John Runyon Jr., Josh Myers, Royce Newman, and Sean Ryan as your starting Oof. five. Like that, that's very concerning yeah, at that point. Like that's that's a bad, potentially a bad offensive line. And Adam Stanovich and, and Luke Buckus deserve all the you know faith in the world that you know you give them five pieces and they're gonna figure out a way to make it work. Uh, but I do think that the, this is another opportunity to bring in some competition. I think a Riley Reef would make some sense. I think a maybe even bringing back a Dennis Kelly could make some sense. And I'll throw one last name out there. I don't hate the idea on a vet minimum deal oh. of bringing back a Brian Bulaga. And he, here's <laughs> what I'm saying, right? Like he's, he just got released, you know, released early in the season. If he's like, you know what? Give me one more shot to protect Aaron Rodgers, and I'm going to give it everything that I got. 
like you, you probably know that he's not going to make it through the full season. Right. But you just need him until Elton gets back like that. You'll, you only need him for like the first half of the season. If he can like, you know, put enough glue and band-aids and duct tape on the, on those two knees and, you know, get through the first half of the season. And if he's playing well, then you can move Elton Jenkins around wherever the heck that you want. And again, I feel a little bit more comfortable in a player that probably is going to do everything he can to protect Aaron Rodgers and give it one last go around for Aaron Rodgers. It's about the people. Well, give me Brian Bulaga, Iowa one last time. Um, and, and I know he's going to fight through tooth and nail to go out there and perform at the best of his ability. And then again, if he doesn't turn out, you've got Elton coming back at some point, it's a level of competition and it's a low risk you know, maybe high reward sort of signing. So you'd be like my third option, but I think Dennis Kelly, maybe even a Riley reef. I think there's probably a couple others, but I would love to see some competition for Yash, Sean Ryan, Cameron Tom, or excuse me, um, Zach Tom, et cetera, um, at that position. I, I would love to see the competition there. No, I'm right there with you. I think it's, uh, it's, it's certainly going to be fun to see how that shakes out. But if Brian Bulaga signs with the Packers, Andy, that has to be worked into his contract that any Sunday night football game they have, he start just so we could have, a couple more Brian Bulaga, I was. I uh, exactly. Uh, all right, quick one for me. And I say this one a little bit tongue-in-cheek because of what happened last year. But special teams co- competition, right? Like, I-, I know we've got it a kicker right now. Mason's going to win that job, but he's got competition. I don't think there's another punter on the, on the roster. I don't think there's another dedicated long snapper on the roster other than uh, the obvious O'Donnell and Wordle, right? So, like, I-, I am fascinated to see what happens there. But also, and I... I-, I- Add this as well. I want to see some a, a new look at who's returning punts and kicks, right? I, I, I think I'm out on Amari Rogers doing that job this year. Um, you know, I think it's uh, it's it, it'll be interesting. It wouldn't go Christian Watson, I don't think, but I want to see somebody new back there. I don't care who it is, and and they obviously test those things out in camp. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see, uh, you know, who who that guy becomes. I'm blanking on on the name. Former running back, uh, wore 26, Andy, in like 2011, 2012. Um, he returned kicks in training camp and it, it made me go bananas. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't Juan know. Like it it might've been. Yes. It was the Harris. Yes, it was. It was the Harris. Yeah. He was returning kicks at, at camp one year when I thought he was going to blast off and become this total superstar right. in the league. Um, Cause I'm a genius and anticipated that coming. And um, I, I got, a, I was at training camp. I was a kid. I was all fired up. I was like the Harris returning kicks. Yes. I just want to see that on Twitter, Andy. That's my number five need. What do you got? We're in lockstep again. I have long snapper as mine and I don't have a name. <laughs> I don't have a name here, but I just want to see some competition for Steven Wordle. I don't think he's good enough that you just hand him the job at this point. So I would just love to see some competition there. Let Rich Passaccia pick who's best at that point. I trust that a little bit more, but we'd love to see some competition. I do think Christian Watson gets a chance to return kicks. I think Dobbs gets a chance to return punts. I think they're yeah, going to be much better. I think, you know, Tariq Carpenter is somebody who is a special teams ace, uh, you know, that they drafted in the seventh round. I think he has the ability to be that type of player. Randy Ramsey coming back. We'll see what happens with Malik Taylor. I think they have some guys that can be some special teams dudes on this roster, but um, even, you know, Quay Walker, if they decided, you know, he played 500 plus special team snaps in college, he could be a beast on special teams as well. So, uh, but that long snapper, I still have uh, some kids like that entire operation was broken a season ago. To me, it was broken at long snapper and holder. They've replaced the holder. They have done nothing at long snapper. And that still gives me some concern. Things aren't horrible when your fifth need is long snapper. I guess it's not, but we're going to be okay. (laughs) You're never worried about long snapper until you're worried about long snapper. Right. Uh, And then it it can get ugly very fast, but Alex, we got to get out of here. This is a phenomenal discussion. Uh, We broke both broke down our our five biggest needs. We're definitely in lockstep in a lot of them, Uh, but any final thoughts before we get out of here today? 
Yeah, no, I think uh, just to go back to what I just said, we're going to be fine, right? Like, I, I don't see as many people post-draft freaking out about the Packers fall down, right, post-Devontae Adams. It still pisses me off, too, Andy, that, that Devontae Adams is not a Green Bay Packer. But uh, I, I think when you have um, when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl every year. Other things are going to fall in the line, but there are still some holes and some question marks but I think that's the fun of the offseason. We've got four more months until the Packers play a football game that actually counts. And it's going to be really fun to see how those things hash out. Also, just one final comment. Romeo Dobbs, I love him. I think this guy's a total superstar in like six years. He's the next hit, uh, day three hit for the Packers. We got hot takes, hot draft takes from Alex. I love it. I can't wait to see Romeo Dobbs play. <laughs> uh, he had a nice uh, rookie mini camp beginning. So uh, we'll see what he can do once the pads come on and should be a very fun player for Green Bay. Alex, always enjoy talking to you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hopefully we can do this again in a couple of weeks and maybe join, you know, with Perry Goldstein again and get the band back together here. Yeah, true that. Uh, hopefully as soon as possible. Uh, for Alex Strofe, I'm Andy Herman. Make sure to follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. See ya. is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done